Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betch Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Millie, hi, how are you? Hi, it's the Millie and Elise <laughs> Takeover. <laughs> We're here with the chaos. Amanda's getting mm-hmm. ready for her, her big day, her wedding. I know, Do I you know. have your outfit for her wedding? I yet? do. I actually do, and I'm going to pick it up at the tailor. Oh, after uh, after we're done, because it is a jumpsuit, and How, like you're so adult. Thank you. I mean, Sorry. well, see, here's the thing: is that I uh, and I, I say this shit on stage, but I'm pear shaped, and mm-hmm. what that means is that you you're can't a buy a jumpsuit. Improviser, I'm a pear shaped improviser, as one of my exes <laughs> tweeted recently. <laughs> Obsessed to this day, dated ten years ago. He's obsessed. Can't get enough. Um, <laughs> so don't can't stop. Person. Can't stop thinking about this box. He never will. But anyway, <laughs> okay. So you're you're pear shaped box. I'm yeah. pear shaped, and what that means uh, is that I do have to get all my jumpsuits tailored because they're either well, I buy them to fit my ass, and then I mm-hmm. have to get them tailored on the top so cinched that is oh, that, yeah incredible. exactly that's what incredible. we're doing um, that's <laughs> what about you French. um so you know me i love my newly mm-hmm. i love my rental i'm plus size so that means that sometimes things say that they're a 2x 4x whatever come back and it's freestyle baby it's actually for a size 8 and not yeah. for a size 16 because everyone makes plus size brands on vibes only so, absolutely um, I ordered three different dresses from this thing hopefully one works out because uh, it's hard it's hard with the titties the, the gut the lack of ass you know we gotta we gotta have everything so uh, yeah, yeah I will say that when I'm trying to buy pants, it's really anyone's game what it's size those pants are going to be. It, we, yeah. it, we're really, as you said, it's really going off vibes. I have to look at the website. I have yeah. to think about. Read the reviews. Read the reviews. Really stare at the, the cut of the pants and be like, are these really going to be my size when they arrive? What what you, Do you have to fucking, the blend, the stretch, the yeah. poly cotton stretch, denim, whatever, blend? If blend's too low, baby, it ain't working out. Exactly. I've been trying. I've I've been searching high and low for a pair of trousers. Oh, I want yeah. I want a pair high. of trousers, and I have yet to find one that doesn't make me look like like Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> like I'm just like yeah. they're way too tight on my like thighs and, and stomach yeah. and ass, and like they're yeah. not. They're not giving that loose trouser. I'm wearing I'm wearing my boyfriend's work clothes like yeah, vibe right. that, <laughs> oh, that I think the, the girls on the website always have. Uh, yeah, on the, yeah, exactly. 
They're always well, like, oh, I'm so small. The pants are so big. Oh, oh, my boyfriend <laughs> jeans. First of all, you found jeans that are committed enough to say boyfriend. That's mm-hmm. already an accomplishment. I know. And yeah. I um, will get into the news in a second, but I do talk about this in my solo show, which thank you to everyone who came to my solo show. There were a lot of sub fans there. It was very so fun. fun. It was very fun. I will definitely do it again. One of the things I talk about is I did get to meet Daniel Radcliffe once. Ooh. Um, and He's teeny. He is tiny. That's exactly it. That was my big takeaway is that I saw, I was looking at his pants and I was like, my arm would destroy yeah. his pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just... I would just stomp through them with such yeah. force. Little Barbie doll shoes. He's very sweet, very polite. Honestly, though, <laughs> sexy. Nothing sexier to me than a short man who's in his cool little about pants. Being short. <laughs> he's like just this he's is rocking it. his teensy little his teensy little trousers. Okay, we should talk about this. Yeah, whatever. We gotta really hit the news, which is about two movies two movies on Netflix that suck. Yeah, we're doing pop culture Thursdays, subtitles. Movies on Netflix, you probably should just skip. Movies and TV shows on Netflix, you should probably just skip. First, we're talking about Blonde. The movie Mm -hmm. Blonde started streaming last month, and uh, it's giving Republican anti-abortion ad, frankly. Very strange. Uh, So it's based off the book Blonde by Joyce Carol Oates that came out in 2000 and is a fictionalized account of Marilyn Monroe's life loosely, loosely based in fact, uh, the screenplay was written and directed by Andrew Dominic. And in the film, Marilyn has two abortions and a miscarriage. Her pregnancies and abortions include scenes that are filmed inside her uterus with a computer generated fetus that shames her for having an abortion. I watched this uh, scene was going around on Twitter and it literally I did go to a weird Christian elementary school same graphics. <laughs> they have not oh updated God. the talking fetus uh, graphics that are being used. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so in one scene, the second fetus asks Marilyn to not do what you did last time. Also, I don't know who booked the voiceover gig for this, but the fetus has like the most comical, like, please, mommy, not what you did to me. It's not British. I don't know why I made it British, but. <laughs> All fetuses please, are British. Mm. Yeah. Not what you did, please, mommy. <laughs> Not what you did last time, mommy. It was me. So the second fetus also in the movie, she she has two abortions, which, spoiler alert, in real life, she just had endometriosis. She actually never had any abortions. She had miscarriages due to endometriosis. <laughs> she was very sad about it. But in the movie, one she has one abortion, and then the second fetus is like, it's me again. <laughs> don't do it to me again and i'm like so it's the same fetus so it's like yeah. so actually you're you're just saying the soul comes back so it's like what's even the big deal yeah it's exactly. fine it's back it's like, again okay well obviously <laughs> so if you, you remember didn't kill it because it's back again <laughs> yeah if you it, yeah so it, it yeah. really is like a cockroach that you- <laughs> <laughs> here you are here you are bothering me again so yeah anyway. you know what my you know what uh, they always come back. That's what my mom says. They always come back. They always. They and according um, to this movie, it does too. The movie also portrays multiple fake relationships between Mar- Marilyn and powerful men, um, and she's just consistently portrayed as the victim. Our good friend Katie Ruth Ashcraft wrote a really pretty good review of the movie for Jezebel, mm-hmm. and in it, she said she like as someone was walking out of the theater, she heard them be like, "God, I wish." I almost wish she was dead just so it could be over. Like, it's just a movie where it portrays her 
I mean, she. it's just from what Constantly I've heard. suffering, yeah. Yeah, just constant suffering to the point where you find yourself hoping for her death, which is the note that Terrible. Katie lends it on, which is like, that's fucking horrible. So yeah, um, people look to these kind of films to provide a nuance and like, it, you know, something some kind of understand or justification or like like in the way that the Sofia Coppola Ming Antoinette film yeah. really like talked about how disconnected and like how she didn't know what was happening, you know, and, and all that stuff, which is, you know, actual historians have looked back at Marie Antoinette's life and was like, yeah, like that's actually close to the truth. Like she didn't even speak French. Like she didn't know what the fuck was going on. Her husband, no. and then she was the heir Versailles for a lot of far. shit. <laughs> what I There's realized when I went, it's yeah. far, and they lived on there, and she had her own little, she had her own little fake house called the Petit Trianon, where she pretended to be like a milkmaid. Yeah, <laughs> like she didn't know what the fuck is going on. She was miserable, and then she became the ire of all this stuff, and like, but that that movie was like a way for people to get their mind frame in that, like hundreds of years later. So people are probably entering this in like. You know, Marilyn Monroe, and even even before with Anna de Armas, because she has such a strong accent. But, but like, the thing about, you know, Marilyn Monroe not even being a real human being, like a character and stuff, I was interested and excited to hear this perspective. But the fact that it goes here, and it's interesting because Joyce Carol Oates, like, it was based off the book that Joyce Carol Oates wrote, but that is also getting a lot of criticism because there seems to be disdain for Marilyn in Joyce Carol Oates' um, own book. And I started this discussion on Twitter that was yes. like, that was like, can, and I totally get this line of thinking where it's like, there is a sanction of feminism where women who our quote unquote bimbos don't get that compassion. Like if you're not presenting as a bra burning, you know, like if you sexualize yeah. yourself or whatever, like you're actually not a feminist, you're whatever the patriarchy. And a lot of those women can be crueler in their depictions yeah. of these quote unquote bimbos than, you know, than men are. It's like, you know, each wave of feminism has its own like downfalls and blind spots. Obviously like the first wave of feminism straight up didn't include black women. So that's yeah. horrible. And then when you talk about second wave feminism, I do think there's kind of this idea about how to be the right type of feminist woman, which we've moved away from. But I do see it sometimes in like, Older female family members. This happened like um, we were having like a dinner with um, some of Danny's family in Wisconsin and a bunch of us were all talking about just like The Bachelor or like reality TV that we watch or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a bunch of the like older, you know, boomer ladies in the family were like, I can't believe you guys watch that trash. Would you want your daughters to watch that? Like basically oh, kind sure. of coming at it as like a. Like, it's anti-feminist to watch reality TV. And I was like, oh, you don't realize that we've actually decided you can watch whatever TV you want. <laughs> like, well, but also, like, yeah, so is, like, yeah, it's just a different way to engage. You know what movie I rewatched recently that really got to this? Mm -hmm. It was Legally Blonde. Yes. Which was like, it's all yes. like, it's a, it's a feminine, it's a, a second wave feminist critique because, 
a lot of the women were overly critical. It's really interesting because it's even Me Too stuff and all that. Like, yeah. it's getting into that. But it's like, you know, the lesbian who was the feminist was one of the cruelest people to Elle Woods, who was just like, eh, oh, my God. You know, and it's just yeah. like, yeah, you're not meeting, you know, I mean. They Feminism, mock her, treat her they like mock shit. Her, treat her like shit because she's a woman because she's embracing femininity. It's like if you have the it's like um the idea of if you embrace femininity and sexuality, you cannot also like be you know, the only way to get equal rights is to perform a masculinity or a seriousness or a blandness. So like somebody's performing femininity or something is not, you know, obviously feminism has evolved, but even, I just even remember Beyonce when she had her whole feminist thing in 2014, um, a lot of people were crit criticizing, she was like, oh, Beyonce can't be feminist. She like, look at what she wears on stage. She's like, actually, that's not the point of feminism. Yeah. So anyway, the, like Joyce Kell or Oates' book received a lot of that criticism and you can still see that in the way that Andrew, even in the interviews that Andrew Dominic has made about like Marilyn was not this like, um, you know, sent, not sentient, but she wasn't like this, like free world, world, like strong woman that everyone wants her to be. She was just like kind of used by men. Obviously. I mean, you can see the point and like, there was a disdain for Marilyn, which is so sad, but yeah, it's also like it just reminds me of that Rovi, that weird Rovi Wade movie that like John Voy and Joey Lawrence and Stacey Dash <laughs> were in, where it was like this completely fake. And what is it, Jamie fucking Kennedy's dumbass was in Yo, it. Yo, if you watch um, the actual scene where she's talking to the abortion or the abortion, I guess yeah, I mean where she's talking to the fetus that's in her stomach. Number one. And this is just a scientific, but this is an anti-abortion tactic too, so we should call it out, is like she's supposedly talking to a fetus she aborted at like seven weeks, which would literally be like a clump of cells unrecognizable yeah. to all of us. But obviously in the imagining of it in the film, it's like a baby with a face and like a smile. And it's like, mommy, mommy, no, it's British. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, British. it's a British baby. Um, how dare you abort a British baby? Um, <laughs> but it is like, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, on a few episodes, but it is really perpetuating the idea of like, when people are like abortion is murder, <clears throat> they literally think that some whorish woman, which whatever, whorish woman gives birth to a baby, pulls out a gun and shoots it in between the I eyes mean, and that's what an abortion is. And it's not like, oh, it's gonna fucking kill me if I have this baby. It's never like, Oh, I'm a mother and I have other kids and I really can't afford this. Oh, I don't have fucking good insurance and this is gonna fucking yeah. yeah like I'm a. F it's never just like oh, I'm a few weeks along in a medical process that I don't feel like continuing. Yeah, which is exactly. actually what I'll, I mean. I'll speak for my own self. That's what a lot of them are. I yeah, mean, a lot of them, as we know, are other things or whatever. But it's like, yeah, the fetus can't talk to you and say, "Mummy." Mummy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you really... Two pence, please. <laughs> two, mummy, please. Please, mummy, can I have some more? And you're like, more what? What are you talking about, fetus? I, got, I thought I kicked you out of here. Yeah. But, okay, before we move on, I have one more avenue I'd love to go down with you because I'd love to talk about the Anna de Armas of it all. So, Anna de Armas oh. apparently gives a really... Good performance in this movie. As a Cuban woman, it's hard because Anna de Armas is the reigning 
queen right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel mm-hmm. like it's between mm-hmm. her and Camila Cabello. Uh, Under the Armas clearly wins out of Camilla. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's the thing is like there's always that's the Game of Thrones of it all is there's always a younger, more beautiful queen waiting to go, (laughs) waiting to get you and to play Marilyn Monroe and get a 14 minute standing ovation. But I keep going back and forth as like an actor, whatever, of like, okay, you're offered the role of Marilyn Monroe. It's obviously going to get you all of this critical acclaim. She's been acting since she was like 14 years old. She's obviously dreamed of this. She is getting a lot of critical acclaim. She clearly put a lot of time into this movie. But at the same time, like, it is an exploitative movie where you talk to a CGI fetus. And, you know, it's like, and also... During the press tour, she was kind of doing some weird shit where she was like, Marilyn's ghost was on set with us and she, her spirit would communicate with us and she would let us know if she didn't like something. And I was like, well, what did you take that stuff out? <laughs> like, yeah, no. Or did you keep that stuff in the movie? Like if number one, that's an insane thing to say about someone who's dead and died in the way that she did and lived the life that she did. Number two, if an angry ghost made itself known to me on the set of the biopic that that was the ghost of, I'd be like, I'm out of this project. <laughs> the thing that you're failing to consider, Elise, mm-hmm. and it's hard because sometimes we we have these paras not parasocial relationships with celebrities, but more like we see celebrities not as human beings. But <clears throat> you have to understand that at the end of the day, Anna de Armas is an actor, mm. and actors are dumb as fuck and very (laughs) self-important and they really like make stupid decisions like they really think they're breaking like artists in general musicians the same way really think they're uh, comedians too like really think they're fucking changing the world like Mm -hmm. so self-important like no it's providing nuance and so attached to what they're doing that they're not taking a step back and viewing like how does it look like for me to talk to a feed, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not having those discussions. I think I, we talk about this. Yeah, this is something where there is this um, there's this reggaeton music video by this Dominican artist Tokisha, and you know the song's called Perre or something Perra, and Perra is means both twerking and dogs. Mm. So Jay Balvin, who's Colombian, at this ties, I swear, um, Jay Balvin, who's Colombian did a feature j balvin's one of the biggest artists in reggaeton they had this music video where it was in shot in dominican republic in the hood and j balvin and like a lot of people was like cgi a lot of people were like dogs and humans like Mm -hmm. because it's perra and then j balvin was walking two women on a leash Basically, Jay Balvin's in the middle of a Dominican, like, essentially a Dominican favela, like, <laughs> walking black women that look like dogs. And, like, of course, he had to, like, the, the multiple governments were like, this is so offensive. <laughs> the multiple government governments, had- imagine you make a music video that's so bad that multiple governments <laughs> Yeah, like the the government of Colombia, the government of Dominican Republic. Like, he had to like issue an apology. All these people, and then Takisha was just like, "It's a music video, guys. Like, what's going? You know?" And it's just like, yeah, it's that same thing of like, these people are so self important or so into their artistic concept, they're not taking two seconds yeah, back to, to step, step back. back and be like, 
this is is this like what I should be doing? Yeah, with it's my like, platform. I think that like, that ties. I think you really hit the nail on the head. Like they get stars in their eyes about their vision, and I think that Anna de Armas has probably been signed onto this movie for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows at what point in the process she got signed on? But it was probably pitched to her as like the way they pitched the it to us, which is like this is going to be a feminist take on Marilyn Monroe, and we're going to make you Marilyn and. You're going to be Marilyn. And she was just like, I'm going to be Marilyn. And then, like, and and her ghost is saying I I should be. And, like, and, I'm just, and yeah. now she's, you know, in this movie that actually maybe if she had taken a step back and been like, hey, can I actually, can, can we walk me through the scene where I talk to the fetus and let, tell me how that's going to be shot and portrayed? <laughs> well, also, I feel like this is a symptom like, it is kind of feminist, or it is, basically, it's making Marilyn, instead of the dumb, blonde, bimbo, whatever, she's this complicated character who has mental health issues and acknowledging that she received a lot of abuse, which is, in many ways, pretty progressive and different than a lot of the portrayals that she got. Even Andrew Dominic was like, no one watches her movies anyway, so it doesn't matter. Like, this guy doesn't... I'm going to get people to think about Marilyn in this complicated way. But I feel like as society, and maybe not all of society, but a big portion of society, definitely the ones that critique media, are like, we did we really need this take? Is this important? Is this, like, groundbreaking? Yeah. Whatever. Like, we knew she... Like, anybody who read... A Wikipedia article knew this bitch like had deep depression. She ate all her meals like, like all her ethn ethn eccentricities eccentricities. Yeah, you <laughs> um, uh, that she had. You know, oh, do you know that Marilyn Monroe used to eat every meal in in bed? And it's like, yeah, that wasn't sexy or hot. Like that's mental it, illness. She's that we know. depressed. Yeah, she was we, not leaving her bed because she was very sad. Yeah, um, so like. Now we know that, so it's like, do we need this take? But yeah, exactly. Stars in your eyes. Actors are dumb. It's okay. A lot of people are. <laughs> Actors are dumb, and it's okay because a lot of people are. That's Listen. a that's a beautiful <laughs> that's a beautiful place for us to move to our next uh, pop culture Netflix. Should you watch it? Probably not. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying. He loves airplanes. He loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. We are talking monster. 
the Jeffrey Dahmer story. It is the second retelling of Dahmer's murders in the last five years and the third in the last 20 years. We can't get enough of this oh guy. God. This guy from Wisconsin who eats people. Uh, the show is created by Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan. Uh, so now that Ryan Murphy is involved, it's like... Well, you know it's going to be nuanced and good, Yeah, right? you know that it's going to be sensitive. Uh, <laughs> and it shows how Dahmer got away with murdering 17 men, most of whom were black or brown, uh, because of systematic racism and homophobia, especially in law enforcement. So it does address that. But most of the criticism has come from the fact that the family members of the victims were never contacted about the show, even though scenes of their testimony are used. Um, Errol Lindsay's sister, Rita Isabel, wrote a personal essay for Insider saying, I was never contacted about the show. I feel like Net Netflix should have asked if we mind or how we felt about making it. They didn't ask me anything. They just did it. But I'm not money hungry. And that's what this show is about. Netflix trying to get paid. Her cousin, Eric Perry, said on Twitter, I'm not telling anyone what to watch. I know true crime media is huge right now. But if you're actually curious about the victims from my family, the Isabels are pissed about this show. It's re-traumatizing over and over again. And for what? How many movies, shows, documentaries do we need? The show was also initially released and tagged as <laughs> LGBTQ content. No. Oh, my God. No. Which <laughs> was eventually removed. Uh, but a lot of people pointed out that that's not really what's meant when people say there needs to be more representation. That's that's so truly crazy. like tagging like another different murder as like romantic movie, <laughs> like yeah, get love yeah, story, because yeah. <laughs> one of well, them was like a sexual de whatever. <laughs> terrible. That um, yeah, no, I think specifically with Rita Isabel, like her. Her testimony in court was so powerful. And there's like a video circulating online side by side of like her actual testimony because it's really fucking intense. She's just like screaming in court like, I fucking hate you to, Je to Jeffrey. Like, I hate you. I hate what you did. Uh, I want you to die. I want to fucking kill you. And she like lunges at him in court. And the police have to like, and they like recreated it like scene by scene. For what, you know, I, again, like, this is another thing where it's just, like, I think there is something timely to the Jeffrey Dahmer story in that, like, conversations about police abolition and police corruption have been making the mainstream for years. Like, people have been having these conversations. And even, like, I think even, a, like, the latest Batman movie, where it's, yeah. like, if you see the shift that we're having in culture of, like, really examining the American police and, like, how we view them and what they actually do and who they actually protect. So I think there is something, like, telling or interesting about this show. I mean... Did it, but again, like, does it have to be a drama where we're like dramatizing these murders and stuff? I don't think so. Like, I feel like a good documentary talking about the systemic things and like tying into shit that's still happening today and all of that could have been really interesting. I know, like, the power of media, um, you know, I know the power of media helps people get like compassion for people they may, may not, but I'm just like. In the same way of that blonde, the intention of blonde was to like provide nuance to a complicated figure. It's just like, did we need like nuance for Jeffrey Dahmer? Like everyone kind of knew it was like pretty fucked up. And uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. To tie it into blonde again, it's like, 
okay, you say that it's doing all those things, but in reality, you made a movie, an NC-17 movie where Marilyn Monroe is sexually assaulted by a variety of powerful men and talks to an aborted fetus. Like, it, like intent versus impact here. Yeah. Like, what is, what are you, what did you actually make? Um, I did watch, like, the first two episodes of the Dahmer story, uh, because I before I honestly had heard all this stuff about how the family was like not involved, but I had actually in the, I just wasn't really personally that into it again because it it is ultimately like a Ryan Murphy show about Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm sure that you know if I stuck to it for more episodes, I'd get to where they make all these points about like race and whatever. And I did see it like in the first episode they do talk about, and I'm not sure if this is Rita Isabel's uh, brother or not, but there's basically like. Jeffrey Dahmer at one point could have been caught much earlier because there was like a 14-year-old, I think he's maybe like a Filipino boy who escapes from him. And then they sent him back. Yeah, and the cops um, like give him back to Jeffrey Dahmer and they also report him as being a man when he's clearly a young boy. There, Like that did start to happen, but at the same time, it's also just a lot of like skull in the refrigerator and um, that actor who is hot. Um, Evan Peters, but goddamn, yeah. Evan Peters, do a rom com. Do something happy. Please, happening. Evan Peters, do a rom com. Can we start a petition to get Evan Peters in a rom com? Please? Evan Peters, Daniel Coolia. We need them. We need to. Can we do something else, please? Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's like you're hot. And I do want to watch you, but I can't slog through all this fucking crap and watch you eat a person's fucking face and ha- try to kill a guy. Like, please do a rom-com. You know, please and, do a rom-com. Yeah, please do a rom-com. And it's also like, this is so interesting because now we have a conversation about gay pride parades and should police be at them? And (laughs) the thing, the thing that like got Jeffrey Dahmer to like get away with so much is because cops were like, ew, gay guys. Like, oh, is that your little boyfriend? And even like how the riot started and like the things that cops would do, like the cops would continuously either attack either their, I mean, metaphor for black people too. I mean, black and brown people, but it's like. They're either actively antagonizing by breaking up these secret, like, gay clubs that they would have mm-hmm. in, like, the 40s and 50s. Or when there is actually a crime, they're not believing it. They're not investigating it. They're not no. taking it seriously, which are, again, I, I brought up black and brown people because that's the same criticisms that people have against police in those communities. It's like, okay, when I'm walking home, you think I look suspicious and you're going to stop and frisk me or you're going to pull me over and fucking beat my ass over a broken taillight. But if yeah. somebody gets murdered, yeah. like, not If not there's a have- serial killer in Atlanta, he operates for 45 45- fucking years or whatever because no one catches him nobody catches him because it's not fucking important so that's like the conversation that people have every year when when it's time when it's time for gay pride parades especially yeah like the gay pride parades it's like we should cops should not be allowed in pride which is like a nuanced thing or whatever but it this this story is a good example and yeah well yeah i mean there are again so like both with Marilyn and this it's just like are there things to be talked about in these stories that are interesting? Is there like 
thoughtful work that could be done by writers and actors to bring these stories to life for sure. But it does not seem like either of these two series did that. And yeah, I think if you're going to do Jeffrey Dahmer's story, you have to talk to the families of his fucking victims, give them a heads up, say something, reach out to them. Why wouldn't you want that as someone who's researching the story in the first place? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, exactly. Like, but again, it's a money grab. It's yeah. There's a whole. There's a lot to be said about true crime in general as a genre and what it does and how it exploits women and all that stuff. Like how it exploits women, how it exploits victims, how it like re-traumatizes over, yeah, families. Re-traumatizes families. All of that. Like there's a lot to be said about that that has not been deeply examined, but. You know, you're wrong about, which is one of my favorite podcasts that Elise actually put mm-hmm. me on to, or did I put you on to, or what? One of, you, one yeah, of, one us, of us gave it to the other. <laughs> one of us gave it to the other. Um, but, you know, their whole focus is like, y- these things need to center the victims. Yeah. You know? And I think that that is something that's missing. And, you know, there there's also criticism. I mean... The thing about true crime, too, is that there is this weird fan base of mostly women, but people who are, like, thirsting over how hot Jeffrey Dahmer is. And they did that on purpose. They choose, the, like, an attractive actor, which yeah. whatever. Like they did with Zac Efron with um fucking Ted, Ted Bundy. Bundy. And Ted Bundy was not that... Ted Bundy the was... The fact that uh-huh. he gets, like, put as, like, the handsome one is... I'm just surprised by that. Yeah, Ted Bundy's not hot. Jeffrey Dahmer is not hot. And even if it was, who cares? That's fucking gross. But somebody was like, oh, it's really telling this upset about, like, look at how upset all these white women are, or, like, these women are about the depiction in Blonde, and they don't care about Jeffrey Dahmer. And to that, you know, just like we were saying, like, people went into Blonde talking about expecting to hear a nuanced take about uh Marilyn Monroe but yeah. people are not you know you know what you're getting with Dahmer at least in some yeah, respects yeah it's a Ryan Murphy show like you're yeah. getting you're, it's a Ryan Murphy show about Jeffrey Dahmer and that's exactly what it serves you so so it's not like it, people aren't outraged about Dahmer it's just also like the people that are watching Dahmer know what it <laughs> like yeah you're going there you're gonna see blood and guts and all this dumb shit and like Ryan Murphy crap and, you know, not like, I don't know, people went in, I feel like people, some people went into Blonde like, oh, let's watch this cool movie about yeah. Bill Monroe. And then she's talking to a fetus. Yeah, and then the fe- and she's talking to her British baby. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, we're going to round it out with one final story. We mentioned this when we were on the podcast on Tuesday when we played our Fuck, Mary Banish arrest. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did say that we were going to arrest Brett Favre, and we couldn't get into why. This is why. So former NFL quarterback Brett Favre is at the center of Mississippi's largest public corruption case, misusing millions of dollars in welfare funds to build a new volleyball stadium at the University of Southern Mississippi. So text messages emerged showing that then-Governor Phil Bryant helped him write a funding proposal to funnel the money through a nonprofit called the Mississippi Community Education Center. Favre graduated from University of Southern Mississippi, and his daughter was playing volleyball there at the time. Uh, Texts also showed that uh, the money was going to be used to build a new football practice facility. Mississippi is one of the nation's poorest states and is now seeking to recover $20 million that was intended to go towards anti-poverty and was instead given to the ex-NFL quarterback. Misused money also went to a professional wrestler and a horse farm, all totaling $70 million. Favre is now being represented by Eric Hirschman, who was Trump's lawyer in his first impeachment trial. That is, that is never good. For you to associate with any member of the legal profession who has willingly worked for Donald Trump, it means you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, This man gave video testimony to the House January 6th committee and has also been subpoenaed by the January 6th federal grand jury. So that's a great, that's great, a great sign when that's your lawyer is actually currently involved in essentially a treason case (laughs) it's just like so fucking fucked up like do how do these people sleep at night mississippi there's so much deep deep poverty problem it it is like so it's so racially divided too like black people in mississippi are some of the poorest you know they don't have access to fresh water yes a lot of them like you know there's a lot of like dilapidated homes like this money could have really helped even just giving a family a hundred thousand dollars like okay whatever it could have really rebuilt infrastructure or something but like giving a random mississippi family a hundred fifty twenty thousand dollars can change the trajectory of their entire lives to open a fucking volleyball court like ugh. for your daughter that Brett Favre has enough money that, like, he could just rate, he could just use his profile as a famous guy to raise money for a fucking volleyball court. Like, are you for real? It's, I mean, it's really gross. It's really, um, it's really interesting because it's like, 
Republicans always talk about like people took handouts during the pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And for all this fraud of the pandemic system. And it's like, do I know a couple people who got some PPP loans? Of course. (laughs) But the real problem is like defrauding programs like this. I mean, this isn't a pandemic program, but it's like it's similar to I know there's another case of like pandemic fraud that's moving its way through the cases right now. It's like rich people defraud our systems to much greater levels and degrees than the poor ever, ever can. Of course. Like, I'm not saying like it's okay to abuse the system if you really need it, but I think there is something so frivolous and careless of like when kids, when kids are poor, like they're not eating dinner. They're not like, Going to school and, you know, they're, it, it is just like such a judge. And like, this is for a volleyball court. Like, if you really wanted your daughter to have a nice volleyball facility, Brett Favre, then send her to another fucking school. You know, I, I just don't understand why, what's this obsession with like, she has to have the best facility. It's just like so selfish. And for I'm there really- to be a football, like they're building a football stadium. It's like, I'm sure you can raise money for a football stadium in Mississippi. You know what I'm I just, mean? And like, I'm like. Food is oh, like people having access to general things is not more is is less important than a fucking practice football stadium. Yeah, and for that reason, we said arrest Brett Favre. Arrest a unanimous, Brett, Brett Favre. <laughs> a unanimous like, arrest Brett Favre. I think that this, to me, to me. This is worse than Operation Varsity Blues. Yes, because Operation Varsity Blues, they paid their own, they used their own money. Mm-hmm. They wasted their own money. And um, what, what did they get? <laughs> they they got their kids into school. A school. Which is like, it's fucked up and it's not fair, but it's also like, that's not harming, that's not actively harming millions of yeah like is there an argument to be like well they got a spot that you know maybe someone who worked a lot harder obviously that and that's why they're all in trouble but this is literally way worse snatching funding that was supposed to go to anti-poverty efforts (laughs) for people in mississippi in one of the poorest states in the country where as you said to this day in jackson they don't have access to clean water Terrible. And with that, you know, we don't know. Like, obviously, there's a lot of mismanagement that went into there. But with $70 million in mismanaged funds, it's yeah. like, okay, so now and now the state has to go do whatever it has to do to get the $70 million back when it could be getting water for people, actually enacting the program this was supposed to go to. Like $70 million to a poor community can really change. Like the roads, building new infrastructure, building businesses, all this stuff, like a a better school system. Like it's so dark that people are like this. And he would have like totally been fine and been celebrated for the rest of his life without any consequences. The most messed up thing is like Brett Favre, I'm – I'm going to Google his net worth right now, but like $70 million is probably like not even that much to him. It might be more than his net. Okay, he's worth $100 million. So like does he need, I mean, he didn't get all $70 million, So whatever, he, he got what was it, like 20? He got 20 million that was intended to go towards anti-poverty efforts. That's like 
he can get that elsewhere. He's very yeah. famous. He can appear in a commercial. He could appear in a commercial. <laughs> he could appear, appear in a singular commercial. He can do the like Super Bowl. fundraisers. He can his thought like also these people also don't need a football like like <laughs> at the they end of the day water. His, yeah, they need but water. also it's like his daughter can can I'm sorry, his daughter can fucking practice volleyball. What why do you need a volleyball facility that fucking nice? Like what is it what like is this lined in fucking gold? Like Probably. Go fucking, how much is sand and a net? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean real I mean really. How much is sand? Yeah, I mean <laughs> okay, or whatever, hardwood floors if you want to be fucking fancy. That shit is not twenty million dollars. No. So but they you know, they gotta hang up all the flags around the around the gym that say the different years that they've won states and stuff. And those flags go up high. So okay, so one million dollars. <laughs> one million dollars for the hanging and creation of flags that go around the perimeter. Guess what? Millionaires? I'll do it for twenty for for two hundred thousand. I'll give you a good deal. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll fire up my sewing machine that I bought in the beginning of the pandemic when I was having a crisis of whatever, and I'll make the Did flags. Did you learn how to sew anything? I sewed a single skirt and then the needle broke and I never replaced it and it's mm. that's just been where it is. But okay. I did sew that one skirt and I did actually also sew a pillowcase, which is a square. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, listen, the pillowcases. I mean, I look, I got into roller pillow. skating. I got yeah. into roller skating. I made fried chicken from scratch one time, which was crazy. Like that the spice blend and did, everything. We all did strange and unusual things during the pandemic. I think we should probably wrap End things here. out here. Yeah. Is that, I feel like that's good. Also, just so you know, there's no episode on Monday because of Indigenous Peoples Day, but we will be back on Tuesday. Yes, very good catch, Millie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, friends, until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamarez. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at Betches.com. Betches.